Welcome to this week's when a riot is not a mo- is not a mob edition of Spin Cycle, but it's actually welcome to this week's loose as a loosey goosey edition of Spin Cycle. <laughs> We've made it to the end, and I think some of us, I may or have already checked out. Um, we are, of course, broadcasting from the uh, stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, uh, lands for which sovereignty has never been ceded. And I think as we all gather together at various locations to celebrate family and connectedness uh, on those very various lands this Christmas, we should uh, make a point of acknowledging them and um, acknowledging that they always are, always were, always will be Aboriginal land and pay the rent. For at paytherent.net.au. I am Jess Lilly in this seat for the last time <laughs> this year and I'm joined in the studio by Charlie Lewis, of course, from Crikey. Hey, Charlie. Good evening, Jess. And we have on the phone Najma Sambul from The Age. Hey, Najma. Hi. Hey, Naj. <laughs> How did you make it onto the night shift naughty list for the last week before Christmas? <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? It's just the luck of the draw, and oh, I usually count myself as a lucky person, but I don't know. I must have done some bad this year. <laughs> um, thank you for um, taking a little bit of time out because you you are um, you're working the working the night desk at the age, and obviously you know. If... And can I tell you guys something? Yeah. I'm actually in the hallway near the bathroom, so sorry for the echo, but I've locked myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the last brain cell of the year, I've left my pass and literally barely anybody's on, so I'm going to have to put a message in the group chat saying, come collect me. <laughs> the cadets lost themselves <laughs> If anyone from the age is listening... Yeah, if anyone from the age is listening, please let Najma back in. Also, Najma, you've just given me a Christmas Guys, present already. kind of not funny. I've got a story on the weather to finish. Like, Melbourne Airport flooding, mate. Oh, is <laughs> it? me. Is it really? Oh, oh. oh well, the flooding stopped, but um, let's not get into that. <laughs> I love it. The behind the scenes. How urgent are these urgent stories? Um, well, we won't keep you too long, but I did want to. I did want to um, just sort of um, make sure that the three of us um, were, you know, were going out together this year, and so we did want to make sure we tapped in with you. Um, but I did want to ask you. You know, you are at the end of your sort of cadet year at the age. And it's, uh, you know, I've seen firsthand how, how extraordinarily challenging it is to enter this industry, not just enter the industry, but, you know, get your head around all these very um, kind of nuanced, different kind of news desks and different reporting styles and different sort of formats of reporting for six weeks at a time. How are you feeling now that you're at the end of the year? Um. I've just been let in by somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out the editor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know what? I will say this. I feel like I am equally, like, so, like, wow, people do this job. It's such a hard job. And you're thinking about 10 million things at the same time. But at the same time, I'm trying hard to kick the cynicism Mm. out in a way because I can't even watch a film without, you know, thinking of how it's made. Mm. And people on the other side making those decisions because now I guess I'm in the belly of the beast. So you constantly have at the forefront of your mind, well, somebody made a conscious decision to write something this way 
or not include that or specifically include that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it definitely feels like... um, It definitely feels like you you learn a lot and, yeah, it's invaluable experience. Are you okay? Did you just fall... No, down the, the stairs. Just went, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you guys didn't hear that. I like held my breath for a second. And I was like, I hear it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you just paused dramatically as there was that sound, yeah. and I'm like, you really oh, got land for us. <laughs> I've, I'm yeah. already envisioning you kind of in the hallway, but not anymore. Nudge, do you yeah. have a favourite story that you've worked on in that time? Oh, I've got a few. Obviously, like covering. Um, sport was probably one of the funnest rounds because people want to talk to you in sport. Right. They, they're happy. Like, I'm talking about fans more so. Um, and I was doing a lot the of fan pieces. The infamous bus from, with the Collingwood, yeah. with the Pies supporters from Melbourne to Sydney. That's a huge effort. Yeah, and it was really fun to like, be on the back of the bus, like, and feeling like, oh, this is how it feels to be a journalist in, mm. like, yeah. you know, embedded in a bus with, you know, football fans. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, 100%. The world. And I felt like the rookie job too, which mm. also felt like even more like I can walk away from this experience knowing that I did that job. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look back on it. Um, yeah, and it was just it was such a good experience. Um, just being privy to people kind of, um, sorry, I'm in the kitchen. You might hear like <laughs> the, microwave. the microwave. microwave. What are you cooking? <laughs> not me, not me. There are just, for some reason, here. I'm getting the image of like like a kind of BBC sound effects team behind you creating the sounds of an office. I, I'm so, I am so there. I feel like yeah. we have it's, now just suddenly it's very been... vivid. This is how I should always do the show yeah. <laughs> in the newsroom live. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like it's just like. It was a good it was a good learning curve and it just felt good to talk to real people, as mm. cliche as that sounded. Yeah, like yeah. um you know, just real kind of battle vibes to oh you know, success, I use that word. Well you <laughs> did and also two elections in one year oh, as a yeah. cadet is pretty massive. Yeah, and I'm working with Royce Miller at the start of the year with um the Teal Independent mm-hmm. um and doing that slow vlog on Goldstein. That was really, really fun. Yeah. Um and yeah, and just running around on um election day for the Vic election. Yeah. Oh. Amazing. Um but I will say some of the more favourite stories have probably been things with a bit more of an international kind of Scope like doing the um, the piece about a Indian MP coming to Australia and people right, yeah. you know kind of protesting that and it was quite complex and nuanced and so kind of sifting through what people are telling you versus you know what's actually kind of happening because people you know are a little bit presumptuous in that oh that sponsor's pulled out and. Um, you know, that person's not going to that event because of that person being there. But when you call people, they're like, oh, we weren't even sponsoring that event this year and so forth. And it was really interesting to kind of then understand, even if it's people who have really good intentions, that they can be quite wrong too. And getting behind the PR veil as well. Exactly. So, And let's um, not forget yeah. you did start out your year before you were even at the age, um, parked out in front of the Park Hotel... Uh, with a whole lot of tennis fans while Djokovic was inside. That was this year. I can't believe you know I love that. 
<laughs> that was probably like it was just fascinating. And at the time, I didn't completely, I, didn't, I wasn't really. I was like, you know, counting down the hours literally because I had to start another job working as a film producer. So I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> but it, it, like looking back on it, it was just like, I can't believe Factory—it's the world number one tennis player. Was hold up at the park hotel, like you know, to think just the Morrison government spin really like we never we'll never see that you know for a while and it's kind of um it's obviously a good thing for a lot of people who didn't um think the government was doing a good job but uh, it's also the the drama it just reminds you of you know the the sort of um cycle of information and news stories and yeah politics during covid it just feels like a whole other world and yeah. then of course we had um uh Ishmael Hussein on later in the year on the show who was in Park Hotel as a refugee when all of that was going on talking about it you know to tell us about his experience and he was amazing too Najma and thank you for you know for um yeah. for for bringing him into onto our show and to our listeners you know yeah no it was really important i think like um it was really good to see just like the community kind of well, the country's response really i feel like people were really wanting to hear about these you know, asylum seekers, refugees hauled up in the Park Hotel. And, you know, they finally had their story told. And um, I think majority of them, if not all, have been released into the community. Yes, mm. um, pretty, and even pretty Novak, quickly. Yeah, and even Novak, um, you know, for whatever his intentions may be, he, he even came out in support of them. Yeah. You know, so it was like such a great outcome for them, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful story. And... It was really important, and um, yeah, I'll always remember it for that. You know, you come home from shifts like that where you're as cliche as it is. Like, I remember just bawling my eyes out, really. Mm, Yeah, just like, oh my goodness, like it's someone living in a hotel room. You wrote the most amazing story about that. That was ironically was front cover of the age before you were a cadet. I feel like that's a pretty good interview tactic. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just, I just wanted to make sure I didn't get anything wrong. So I didn't realise initially it was on the front page. I just went quickly, just, I want to read the whole thing and make sure it was right. I know, yeah, yeah. I, sent, I sent you a photo of the front cover, like, later on that day, and you were like, what the f- I didn't know it was on the front page. <laughs> yeah. like, no, yeah, it's, it's, and again, it's a, it's a wonderful milestone, I think, in a, in a journalist's life, that kind of, that strange mixture of real excitement when a story kind of takes off and the... The, the kind of like stomach-dropping fear that you've gotten something wrong, like that you yeah. weren't quite ready for it to go into the public eye. Yeah. And I guess, like, for readers maybe or um, you don't realise even if... Like, you have a real kind of relationship with the people that you are quoting. For sure. Even for sure. if that person is, um, you know, essentially just a PR person you've only communicated by email. Like, you know, it still keeps you up at night that mm. maybe you've, you know, in a way, somehow... Even though it's not even true, your mind goes to did I misrepresent them yeah, by yeah. putting that quote quote there and yeah. stuff. And it's like it could be a little story as well. So, um, but then yeah. Ishmael, um, you then you met him when he was released from Park Hotel, which yeah. which is amazing. You know, a yeah. full story story yeah. really. Yeah, he ended up coming to my house for dinner amazing, during the and meeting you know my entire family and. 
um, you know, for him to be able to, you know, sit with a Somali family and talk about Somalia. Yeah, but like, yeah. he ended up, like, I dropped him back um, to where he was staying at the time and he, and he was, you know, playing with my nieces and nephews and he said, this is the most I felt, you know, close to family in what I left. Mm, and I just cool. went, ah, oh, the kids will do that to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay I'm like, stay with them for 24 hours. That's the story altogether. Yeah, there's that cynical heart. Well, we should let you go to yeah. um, get your telemarine flooding story out before before <laughs> the, the runway's yeah. dried. Mm. I just got a text, you know, just saying that some international flights have been diverted from Melbourne. Oh, so I've got to run. <laughs> oh, Najma, well, before you go, I just want to say thank you so much. I have absolutely loved sitting at this desk with you every week in the earlier part of the year and then a little bit more infrequently once that cadetship really, you know, it's a demanding job and for you to have juggled that and also given your time to spin cycle um, and yeah. you are you have been an amazing broadcaster and thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, I'll see you guys next year. Let's do this all over again. Well, <laughs> yes, we'll see you in February. I'll see you before then. Oh, yeah. We'll see, we'll, yeah. we'll see that we'll... People you can hear from us all. Yeah. Yeah. As well as Carly. We've got to do our Christmas catch-up. I know. We do, yeah. We will. Right. We'll probably take that, that, that planning offline. And it's becoming way too inward. Enjoy, <laughs> listeners. Bye. Bye, Nudge. Bye, Nudge. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 R. It is worth um, mentioning this story that, um, that came up this week because it's just such a major it's such story. a media story. Such yeah. a news media <laughs> story. Um, and I also like the fact that it's it's finally um, sort of um, <clears throat> there's a kind of a, a slightly forthright response from the ABC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because usually they are very... Uh, they really haven't held back on this one, which is really no. interesting. But let's, um, to, 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 to set a bit of context... Um, well, it's about a year ago now, the uh, Four Corners put out a, a show called uh, Fox News and the Big Lie, which basically uh, investigated the role that um, Fox News had played in spreading Donald Trump's um, lie that he had had the 2020 presidential election stolen from him via electoral fraud and various other uh, malfeasances. <laughs> and um, uh, they basically talked about, which a lot of and a lot of publications have done this. Looked into um, into the role that Fox News had played as basically as a propaganda arm for him, and the 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 links that you could draw between their coverage and the riot that occurred uh, on January 6, twenty twenty one. Uh, at the Capitol building to try and prevent the confirmation of Joe Biden as the uh, new president. And let's um, remember that there were many such documentaries around at the time. Like, yeah, yeah. There were a lot yeah. of – because it was fascinating. I'm, we here at crikey.com.au have never had any opinion <laughs> on that particular matter. But. Uh, I love the way when I told you the only current news story that I wanted to talk about, you were like, oh, oh for fuck's sake. Christ's sake, I can't get away from this for a second. Um, um, that, which is in the news this week as well. But we won't talk about that. No. Um, uh, yes, and they are. It, it is fascinating. Of course, you would want to investigate the role of the media. Yeah. In yeah. in something like that, but then Fox News took um, 
uh, offence to that story. They did. They lodged it. And they lodged a complaint complaint within Australia. Yes, with ACMO, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, who basically are the regulators of the the media watchdog for broadcast media. But Mm -hmm. that's a very broad way of putting it. But there's the press council, which deals with newspapers and magazines. And online? Do press council deal with uh, online? Yeah, I believe yeah, the written word, basically. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, an ACMA deal with... Content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm sure uh, every every broadcast <laughs> journalist is um, throwing rotten tomatoes at my head right now to call them content creators. However, they are not. They're journalists. All I'm saying is it moves. Um, anyway, so, the, so ACMA spent a... Um, a a year um, investigating this, which is which is quite long. They they, they often it, it's often complained about that they months. take they take I mean, quite why? a long time to investigate these complaints. How hard is um, it? How, who do you know much about ACMA and how how these investigations? I, take I must place? confess, I don't know a huge amount. Is there about like the a one person gets given a case and they're in the you know corner office <laughs> like the, them in a letter rope yeah. like the so detectives who you know the all the budget's been taken away from them but they have to find that serial killer you know and they're <laughs> right. just like they're, they're days before retirement um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway the, the, the conclusion of this or... investigation uh there was there was a few conclusions i mean they, they said that they, they didn't reach the bar of of impartiality um, i'm sorry charlie i have to interrupt one more time i just think about what you can achieve in a year and <laughs> You know, what you can achieve when you're not paid to do something in a year. How does it take a year (laughs) to investigate a complaint about a single media program? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing is is that you have to kind of follow the threads of a lot of different... uh, I I I guess it depends what the complaint is. It does, and it also depends, you know, kind of... um, who it concerns. I think when when Fox News makes a complaint about the ABC, that is two very big players and you have a lot of things you want to make sure you get right on the mm. way. I mean, and, and the thing is, and it's a strange thing because, I mean, with ACMA, I mean, uh, for all the criticism I have of the place, you are, uh, it's a pretty tough job because mm. you are often investigating extremely powerful figures who have, by their very nature, a very big platform to shout you down from. I mean, so, and, that's, and that's also true of the, Do of you the know press how they're council. Funded? I mean, well, the, the, uh, the press council is... Um, it's funded by the p- people who are members of it. I actually, I should have checked this before we came on. I, I believe ACMA is, a, is a, a a sort of separate, independent process. But um, so, for example, with the press council, the way that it works is it's funded by all the different media companies that are part of it. Mm. They they slammed News Corp a few too many times, and News Corp pulled out. So essentially, they they, they didn't. That, that, so that's that's kind of the level of power that you kind of have. Me shocked is that you can um, you can put as many um, kind of you can. Criticize them as much as you want. You, you can send down as many decisions as you want, and all you get is the biggest media players in the country using that as a, an opportunity for more. Um, I think they're government funded. Yeah, I, th- I believe but they are. Yeah, they, yeah. They're, they, they're like an independent authority. But they're independent. Yeah. They don't. They don't report into any um, portfolio. No, no, or ministry or any kind of government organization. But they are funded. So it says. What I've just found, they <laughs> they administer the telecommunications industry levy overview on behalf of the Commonwealth, or the industry levy on behalf of the Commonwealth. Yeah, Commonwealth. yeah. Mm, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Which means, if it's a levy, it suggests that that networks do do you have to con- pay, contribute, contribute to, it? Yeah, to yeah. it, and then the Commonwealth mm-hmm. has established ACMA. 
I'm just giving myself a little 101 yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, this is great. This is anyway, a, let's very get onto the, into the guts of it. So Fox made a complaint. What was the, yep. what was the guts of their complaint? Uh, well, that it was, that it was, you know, uh, misleading and hyperbolic and um, factually incorrect and, and all the things that people say when they complain to a media regulator. Um, Sarah Ferguson presented this episode of Four Corners, by the way. She did, yes. That will become relevant later. Um, So uh, essentially they they handed down their decision and they uh, found that uh, – one of the things was they they, they found that the ABC had misled their audience by admitting uh, relevant information. It's important to actually know what those findings actually were. There's one that I personally think is probably a reasonable criticism and and a couple that I think are are a little bit – a bit of a stretch. Um, There's one that's just ridiculous. Yes. Well, the, so the, the one that I think is, is a relatively reasonable criticism is that they found that the ABC had reported on the fact that there were a couple of news uh, Fox News figures um, attending Trump rallies mm. without mentioning the fact that they had been uh, sort of disciplined in public by Fox News for attending those rallies. I think that is actually a genuinely important bit of context that is that... that um, affects how you interpret what the kind of thrust of that story is. Um, the other one... In as much as it, the way that it was reported leaves enough room to interpret the fact that they were there as Fox News employees, all not the, all, off all their the, own all, bat. Or even that Fox News was was indifferent to their presence there. I think if you allow that to... Whereas if you don't Fox say News, if you don't say for a if you don't say conclusively they were in trouble because they did this you are basically you are I think by extension implying yeah. that that your employer implicitly or tacitly or explicitly was okay with you being there. Yeah. Um, the the second uh, omission was a ve- was a very strange and broad one, which is that you talk so much about how Fox News affected these riots. What about the effect that? Uh, social media had had on that, which is such a nebulous and broad that. thing. That to, that's it, it's it. I, I it's it's like saying, but the the the, the, the <laughs> that's not what the media. Yeah, that's not that, what the show was about. That's not what the, the that film wasn't the, was about. Exactly, that wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's you, a forty minute piece. You have to find some with a some, with a yeah. with an editorial thread. <laughs> if yeah, you have yeah. to go and and talk about. Everything that's it's happening the educational on social media in the, UK, in the US, which is, I think there is a real problem. You know, it's like, you know, you, where, where does it stop? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and then, of course, and then finally, they they, they stopped a, a Fox News reporter in the street and tried to interview them. That that reporter declined to be interviewed, and it was found that they had not. The ACMA argued that they had not given that reporter enough time, <laughs> enough information about the thrust of the show that they were making, which seems again very strange. Cause it doesn't seem like that was a particularly strong peg for the tent that was the show. Well, no, they also criticised... Oh, and there was, yes, that's right. The use of emotive and strident language. Yes, yeah. they criticised um, the description of um, the people who, um, you know, forcefully entered the capital in an effort to, you know, stop the result of the election, the democratic result of the election. Mm. They said um, that those rioters, or whatever you want to call them, um, the show had called them a mob... Mm. And and the finding was that that was um, that was a needlessly emotive phrase, yeah. which is the. Str- I, I th- just find that unbelievable because that word was used repeatedly on the floor of Congress it's, to it's, describe that crowd. I mean, you can't. How can you like apples and oranges? What? How can the, how can you say that that word? Is, and it, it does. It, it does come down to this strange. Um, 
sort of a slightly the strange approach to journalism in 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 Australia definitely, but also around the world of the of the idea of this sort of um, almost psychotic attachment to the idea of neutrality, mm. the idea that you if you express any view on something that it isn't somehow colouring your reporting in an unfair way, the idea that a group of civilians led by um, a recently deposed leader could storm the seat of government and try and prevent the outcome of a fair and free election from being enacted. The idea that you can't use any emotive language to describe that process. No, but the mob, is, and, a mob and, is not an emotive and, language. And, 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 it's descriptive. Yeah, sure, sure. But, but, but let's, let's, let's say that mob is, is unaccountably cold sweat inducingly unfair. <laughs> Not unfair, but like, emo- em- yeah, emotive and, and, and sensationalist. Loaded. It's loaded. Or, or loaded. You, you, words have to mean something. You have to be able to describe things as, as they are. If you can't use words as a journalist, then you're and And, and by the way, really I, difficult would, situation. Would, would that be considered unfair? I, 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 I know this is a bit of an easy sort of point scoring point, but I think it actually is worth mentioning. If this had happened in... Um, in Bolivia, or if this had happened in Ghana, yeah. and and a group had stormed the the seat of government to try and stop an election from being confirmed, I don't think people would be saying, "Oh, mob's a bit of a rough word to use for those people." Yeah. Like it's yeah. uh, you know, but that's that is a bit of a that is a bit by the by. Um, uh, well, I mean, I I, I think that. Um, Sarah Ferguson has responded today with an article making the point um, and the headline is for, for um, a news organisation, it's, on it's on abc.net.au and for a news organisation <laughs> <heard of it. laughs> news, news that, is, that is so obsessed with the passive language. <laughs> yeah. in, they have been very, oh, very active. Because, I mean, there's, there's Ferguson... Also, Justin Stevens got on um, Radio National and was like, this is ridiculous. They put out a press release to say how ridiculous something was. They have gone hard on this. Well, one. I mean, fair enough in that it wasn't a complaint by the public. It was a complaint from another From the subject of the story. Yeah, exactly. Which is one th- yeah. So the headline is ACMA Report on Four Corners Program, Fox and the Big Lie raises questions about its understanding of journalism. It's very funny. It's very good. Which is a great headline. And, you know, yay the ABC, which is... Um, become the uh, lukewarm vanilla chai latte of neutrality (laughs) (laughs) in recent times. It's very vivid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she goes on to kind of... uh, rip them a new one Mm. as... And then, you know, fair enough too. And I I think... I think I'm just going to now um, take this contemporary news story and swing it around to our next topic of conversation, which we can <laughs> go to after another song, uh, which is this has been one of, I think, the recurring themes of this year is news organisations really going each other. And I'm not going to – we're not going <laughs> right. to talk about that one. About one of the examples <laughs> of that, yeah. <laughs> because I want you to stay for the rest of the show. We're not going to talk about <laughs> Lachlan Murdoch's current proceedings against, against Crikey. But there have been a lot of really overt sort of – whether it's individual journalists or whether it's um, more kind of organisation, uh, you know, there's always a lot of sniping of the ABC by um, – by everyone, really. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 I mean, I, I include Crikey in that. I think everyone, yeah. it, and, and it is a giant government bureaucracy. A yeah. lot of money goes into it. It has yeah. a lot of 
responsibilities. Uh, it's a t- it's a tough gig, you know. So I think we all ought to be holding it to a very strong and high set, set of standards. But yeah, I th- I everyone think, goes. To yeah, I think what I've seen more recently though is just you know individual attacks on ge- a lot of individual attacks on journalists. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, and that's yeah, that's definitely a, an accelerating kind of trend of the last yeah. couple of years for sure. Yeah. Three Triple R FM. Charlie, what was the biggest story of the year <laughs> that we have had to talk about for you? Well, I mean, I mean, it's it, it is the obvious one. I was thinking about this um, over the last couple of days because I um, I was writing up a little kind of uh, the the sort of intro for the Crikey um, newsletter for the for the last one of the year, and kind of the thinking about the. Um, it's it's an illusion in many ways, but the kind of sense of 2022 that it was the end of a quite a distinct era. The end of um, the Morrison government was in itself a distinct era, even more so than, say, the last nine years of, of sort of conservative rule in yeah. Australia. Um, and obviously the kind of... Which was, which was three prime ministers. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God. Isn't that... It's a yeah. lot. Well, I mean, if you go back far and... I mean, if you go back... You know, a little bit further, it becomes seven. <laughs> oh yes, but I mean the conservatives. Yeah, yeah, but on the conservative mm. side, it was just three. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, you always have to bring that, put that, push that number up for the subline, <laughs> I, subheading. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, and but so, so the obvious, and and that that kind of, and that's a real temptation for anyone who writes about politics is the kind of the, the little artificial narratives that you can impose upon things. And, I th- and and election years are fantastic for that, especially if there's a change of government. But I think actually that does – it does sort of feel kind of uh, materially different uh, between um, Morrison and, and Albanese. Um, I, I suppose the, 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 so the big story for me of this year when it, when it comes to the media is I don't think uh, I've ever seen the media have less – obvious impact on people's voting mm. choices there is a sense mm. that maybe the level of influence that the mainstream uh newspaper at least media has in this country uh is sort of is sort of gone i mean i'm so there's the, the obvious example of that is the um the, the state election in victoria this year where uh dan andrews managed to get one one endorsement from the major newspapers, and it was the most um, reluctant, grudging endorsement I've ever heard in my life. Which basically gives you about ten paragraphs of why he's not all that great. By the way, I've, I've you know there's a lot to criticise about the Andrews government. I'm not doing a partisan thing here, but then at the end it says, "But you can't vote for the Liberal Party because look at this, look at the fucking state of those guys." Which I think is probably a very, yep. which actually I think is a very reasonable editorial position, by the way. Um, but it was an editorial that that was hot on the heels of so much um, critical coverage. I think. Yeah. What, oh, yeah. The say is, is that, is that um, we, we are talking about the age, and I think yeah. the interesting thing about that was um, the age started out with it. Citizens, um, but I can't remember what it was called. The Citizens Panel, or yeah, the Citizens, yeah. which sounded fantastic because it actually mm. did sound the kind of opposite from the federal government um, coverage, election coverage, where you know the media basically on mass decided to ignore all of the things that that people across the country were saying were important to them, you know, whilst Brisbane was literally kind of had just come out of floods as Lismore had, as half of, you know, the the north kind of east coast had, people were screaming out about climate 
change. There was the yeah. teal, all of the teals emerging, and the, the kind of press pack, the the sort of the election press pack, just was like stats. Nope. <laughs> we want a head-to-head. Let's get ready to rumble. In the red corner, we've got Albanese. In the blue corner, we've got Morrison. Mm. And we want you to recite all the numbers. Yeah, Let's yeah, go, yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, so I thought actually for the state election when The Age came out with this citizen, which they'd put a lot of effort into before the election, mm. it was great. But I think it's hard what, this is a big cycle. This is a big machine that has been worrying for a long time this mm. way, and it obviously is hard to pull away from that because it it just kind of went the same way in the end, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And 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 uh, it's you all know. about leadership, and which was more about yeah. an attack on Dan Andrews locally because mm. <laughs> the alternative there was not much to talk about. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, and I don't want to. I mean, I, I think we we talked about this last time. We talked about the kind of contrasting. Um, the, the 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 various kind of issues with the the coverage of the state election and you know th- there was a sense that uh, the age kept calling it as though it was going to be like right down to the wire, yeah. um, which is a strange misinterpretation of, of information. They're actually they were reporting the information correctly. They were just putting a headline that didn't really match up to that. That's well, that's, that's very different to what the news court papers were, were doing in terms of um, you know trying to flare up. Conspiratorial thinking, basically things that, mm. that, that sort of got their first breath of life on on kind of far right chat rooms and, mm. and uh, places like Telegram. But all of the polls actually came out pretty accurately, more or less. Yeah. You know, all of them across the border. Mm. It was how they were reported. To your point, is how they were cut. Yeah, yeah. Which which is um, and it is it is very funny because I think you know that to have that kind of coverage. Particularly from from you know the the quote unquote populist media, the kind of the the, the tabloid, the one that's the best read newspaper in the state. Um, I should probably I should probably check that. I'm sure someone will, will call in. Uh, last I checked, well, that it's was, the only uh, tabloid, yeah. so he's pretty safe there. Yeah. Um, the the idea that they could go that hard, that that uh, you know uh, unreservedly hard against a political figure. And then at the end of that, and, th- and by the way, this is not like normal times. This is at the end of one of the roughest. Uh, election cycles any state probably has gone through in yeah. in, in living memory. We've we had a, we had a, we had a tough time of it here in Melbourne. Whatever you think about the the um you know the necessity of of the way that the government responded, that was fucking tough. Mm. The idea that you could have that and then go that hard against someone, and at the end of it, they have an they have a seat extra. Yeah, he did. The, 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 well, I say he. The Labour Party did better in this election than in the Dan slide. Which is, Which is insane crazy really, when you to think me. about it. And I think that also I mean and, and it comes back to you know, and again we, we talk about like with the federal election it was it was less explicit, but obviously there was a huge chunk of the of the of the uh mainstream media that was pretty explicitly uh r- would prefer that Labour did not get elected. Um and again, you, you kinda come out of that with a, a result that doesn't reflect at all what what that coverage kind of would have implied. Uh, and also, at the same time, you've got a figure like Clive Palmer, who is uh, spending tens of millions of dollars getting his message onto the front page of both the Nine and the mm. News Corp papers. Uh, again, all of that 
to me though that okay so that was a heartening thing in all of the mm. it, to me this the what you're talking about now was really heartening for me that in the country that we live in after seeing what a lot of that invective in in sort of conspiratorial invective mm. and really kind of partisan invective did when it when those fans were flamed uh, flames were fanned <laughs> by a leader in the states you know and what that resulted in it resulted in that kind yeah. of violence and and you know storming of the capital the fact that it just went out like a whoopee cushion like with a hole in it in this country is fantastic because yeah, yeah. we chose something different. The ele- the electorates around the country mm. cho- chose not to listen to that and there were efforts made in the federal election, you know, with Catherine Deves to try and spice up these culture wars and they, yeah. you know, completely ignored a lot of the um, the climate um, oh, the release discourse. Of, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the release of, of texts about um, uh, refugee uh, boats being it. spotted on off the course on election day. day. Um, none of it. None of it made none of it the, the blind bit different. And, I mean, I would, know, I would say that I think some of the, the fanning of conspiratorial thinking in, in Victoria did have some. I mean, we had we did see gallows erected outside of the... Um, no, I mean, but in terms but of... But electorally, what, it, didn't, yeah. it didn't have that effect. I'm just saying that it didn't have no effect. No, of course not. And, and look what's happened, you know, in Queensland. Yeah, exactly. Recently. Yeah, yeah. The, but that in terms of this, in terms of what we're talking about, what is the biggest kind of news or media-related story of the year... Mm. The story is that the media can try as much as they want in this country to influence, you know, <laughs> voters and it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Where, where does that – before we move on to talk about um, – to, to look to look totally inward and be incredibly indulgent <laughs> for the rest of the show and talk about sort of the thing – the amazing conversations that we've had in the year – where do you think that leaves the role of the media? Because the thing is, historically in this country, there has been this view that there are that the broadsheets are, or you know, the broadsheets, the tabloids, mm. the Murdoch, whatever, are kingmakers. You know, yeah, 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 and have the ability to nominate and you know to to dispel and dispense and and you know embed mm-hmm. power figures. What does that mean for you in terms of, you know, where does where does the the role of the media stand in in? Yeah, I mean, it's a very very, very big question, <laughs> but I mean, it's an interesting one. As, as you say, I think you know, it does it does. It's the first time, and by the way, I think also one thing to to uh, to be wary of is that is that, you know, the 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 the, the order of that, the causality of that. Murdoch and the papers that he runs have often been good at picking winners, yes, and then aligning themselves with that, which is different and to, to and, start, and, and they picked Rudd, you know, and aligned themselves yeah, exactly, with Rudd exactly. the first time. And, and so, with it's an interesting one with the last one because they did. It's almost they they did start distancing themselves from Morrison. There was a few. Um, there was a few not in Victoria as much. Not in Victoria, maybe no, but but certainly I remember I remember a flurry of kind of just before the election, a flurry of the kind of um, mm. opinion pieces in the Australian, in particular, sort of saying it's time to step down, Morrison. Yeah, it's okay. time to kind of move on. So they they clearly did want to try and make it clear that but they, they weren't. Couldn't, they didn't they have the heart yeah, to back but, but the other one. But they weren't going to do. Yeah. They weren't going to do the corollary of that and, yeah. um, and go for <clears throat> Albanese. Um, 
So it's interesting they can't really yeah, uh, trade on that very much. I mean, uh, anymore um, necessarily, not in Australia anyway. I mean, I think the, the, the other the, – the, what, what we are seeing, what, where that seems to leave uh, the, the, the Murdoch media in Australia is, is a certain – a sort of shrinking circle who all agree with each other about what the problems are. So we had the same response from a lot of the com- commentariat uh, at the Australian and Sky News and figures like that and, and, and the Andrew Bolt and Herald Sun of basically arguing kind of in unison after the federal election and then again after the state election – the reason that the Liberal Party has been destroyed in these two uh, elections is because they've gone too far to the left, mm. because they are trying to pander to a group. Um, the fact that no single, not a single Liberal who lost their seat lost it to a figure who was further to the right than them doesn't yeah. seem to impact that. It's just you, you, It doesn't matter if everyone votes for things that are to the left of you. They voted to the left of you because you were too far to the left. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to segue this into um, our final chat for the evening by saying that something interesting, I reckon something interesting for the future on this topic is when Paddy Manning came in to have a chat, or no, came in, when we chatted on the phone. I I don't know, I I was not privy to that conversation, (laughs) nor would I have any thoughts on it if I were. You were sitting right out there, I saw you, Um, who has written a biography on, on Lachlan Murdoch. You know, he says Lachlan is not interested is interested in in aligning himself with the political mm, mm. politically powerful. He's more interested in media that makes money, whereas you know Rupert is the one who who really loves to be embedded in the political yeah, kind of right, story. Right. So it might there might be a shift in in terms of you know where a lot of the Murdoch media goes in future if Lachlan is yeah yeah, and I think and that that, that actually is part of a longer kind of a uh, commercial decision in terms of courting a group that still. Uh, Pays for media, mm. essentially. Still pays for newspaper. Before we go, let's have a little look back on um, some of the guests. You know, one of some of our favourite guests of the. I was going to say my favourite news story of the year was the bomb rebrand, <laughs> <laughs> but let's just giggle over that and move on. Um, I actually was going back over our. Um, kind of, you know, guests sort of we've got a a little run sheet of the show that we all look at and I was kind of going back on all the guests, over all the guests we've had this year and I've been so, it just, I just remembered all these amazing chats, you know. Um, We talked about the, you know, the floods earlier this year, Uh, Eden uh, Gillespie talked to us from Brisbane and Naomi Moran, who's the general manager of the Koori Mail, and they did such an incredible job in Lismore and continue to do so. Yeah, it was Um, really humbling. Yeah, her, um, you know, the way that the Koori Mail just absolutely kind of pulled that community together and, and what they continue to do for them was to me the the quintessential example of how great media organisations or news organisations can, can be, be. Yeah. community news organisations, you know. It's, and even, you know, after that conversation, that some they, they put out some of the most powerful coverage of um, of the floods. Um, we, we talked to Amber Schultz, your colleague from, from yeah. the Ukraine yeah. border, um, which was incredible. She was at an airport, I believe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to charge her phone. Um, <laughs> before the election, uh, I don't think you guys weren't in the studio. I talked to Anjali Sharma, which I... Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, I wish I'd been part of that, yeah. Well, and in retrospect, it was such an important conversation because she was really... 
um, frustrated. She's it was her first time voting. She's mm. um, an active a, a climate activist from way back when she was sixteen. You know, she took the federal government to court. Yeah, <laughs> um, to, to the Supreme Court. Um, <laughs> and they, they celebrated their victory about. Apparently, they don't have a, a duty of care to future generations, which is very reassuring well, for us all to find out. Well, no, well, Angeli won, to, and then they obviously they were overruled, but. Um, you know that that was really for me that was such a powerful conversation because you know she really clearly talked about how misguided the media were in their in their election yeah. coverage about the the lack of um, care for young voters and what concerns young voters and for for climate and then you know bingo that was demonstrated in the result of yeah, the election absolutely yeah. Um, what were what were some of you some of the interviews oh, that you remember? So many great guests on this wonderful <laughs> show that we do. But actually, I know I generally do. It was very nice to kind of talk about this because I feel like yeah, it's a it does make you feel very proud of this this little show that we have. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the, the ones that really stand out for me. I mean, uh, you mentioned quite a few of them already, but uh, the one that I, I think about a great deal was our chat with um, Andrew Wilkie, the independent uh, uh, he, Tasmanian he, MP. He almost, he almost had me crying on yeah, the phone before we even went on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, we had to like cut him off mid sentence because we <laughs> called him about ten past seven, and he was and we were still well into it. Um, like eight oh one. His talk about about what it is to be a whistleblower. And what it is to try and uh, counsel whistleblowers if they come to him um, was, yes, as you say, so moving and mm. so important. And, I, and I'm not someone who, regular listeners will know, I'm not someone who feels particularly comfortable praising a politician for anything in particular. <laughs> but, but Wilkie was uh, someone who I, yeah, was uh, very moved to a chat to and a very humbling chat. I, my, my, another one I'm very... Um, uh, another one that I'm slightly uh, biased about is, is is Glenn Greensmith, my old my old uni um, lecturer, to talk about uh, the coverage of mass shootings. He was and incredible. His incredible research that he's done into this, and the... I loved the with someone like Glenn, like he's got all of the sort of understandings of journalism and stuff, but he had the the knowledge of someone who has researched and studied a singular topic and issue. Yeah, yeah. He, he gets he gets furious about about the media the way that only someone who really understands how it works, I even, can. I even DM'd him last week, actually, because mm. I wanted to know what he thought about the coverage yeah, of right, the yeah. shooting in um, Brisbane. Um, oh, sorry, not Brisbane. God, what am I saying? In Queensland, mm. um, the ambush. And um, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk about it right now. I'm at, I'm at the BBC doing some training on how to cover mass shootings. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> go Glenn. So we'll definitely be talking to him again next year. He's incredible. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Sample, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via On Demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.